We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mind on My Money podcast presented by Pinnacle Trust. Hosted by RebelGrove.com publisher Neil McCrady and Pinnacle Trust financial guru Martin Palomo, the Mind on My Money podcast tackles the financial questions we're all thinking about. From paying for college to saving for retirement, from life insurance needs to 401ks and everything in between. The goal is to help you take the stress out of financial concerns and give you some tips to enjoy life while your mind is on your money. Now here are your hosts, Neil McCrady. And Martin Paloma. Welcome to another edition of Mind on My Money, presented by Pinnacle. I'm Neil McCready, Martin Paloma with me here today as well. It is Thursday, January the 13th. Hope you're having a good week. Thank you for making us a part of your week. We appreciate it. Um, I'll tell you real quick, I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford, excuse me, I had an itch, is in uh, Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Just call the number, ask for Corey Clark. Get a quote on a Ford product you're looking for. Or if you just need a little car buying advice in this weird car buying market, all the markets are weird, Corey will give you that as well. He uh, wants to be your car guy. He wants to be your truck guy. He'll prove that to you when you make the call. 662-257-1900. Martin, uh, good day. Welcome into the show. And before we get rolling, tell the people about what's going on at Pinnacle and how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, man. Uh, <clears throat> good to be back. Um I know it was just a week ago when we've talked, and it feels like I've been all over the world and back again in the week uh, since we talked, man. And lots of lots of things going on going on here, um, you know. And we are <clears throat> we're excited for the new year for for Pinnacle. It kind of represents uh, a bunch of new uh, new things for us. Um, we have we have successfully transitioned. We have we have one account that. Um, you know, that is kind of being a straggler that's has a little bit more legal stuff to do with than anything else. So we are for all intents and purposes on, on our way with new technologies, new custodian, um, and I'm really looking forward to being back to just, just working with clients and not having to worry about transitioning a business too. So, um, you know, I know it's been, uh, it's kind of been a little bit of a choppy, choppy January. Um, but, uh, it's kind of yo-yo, man. It's like, Markets go down, markets go up. Um, some of them are kind of dislocated from each other. If you're looking at the Dow versus the S and P, and that might create confusion for, you know, for for some folks. But um, you know, one of the things we try to focus on, which I've said time and time again, is that uh, you know, if you get a plan in place and you stick with a plan, you don't have to worry so much about you know, kind of the day to day yo yos um, of the market. We generally try to underestimate 
you know, what returns are going to be year in and year out, overestimate what our client expenses are going to be in a planning situation so that, uh, you know, that we kind of have a, what I call like a doomsday scenario for planning. And if it works in a worst case scenario, then, you know, whenever normal happens, whatever normal is, um, you know, folks can have some confidence that they're going to be okay. Or, you know, if we get to it and we look and go, Hey, we got some things to address. We can, we can talk about it, you know, head on and, uh, and not, you know, put our head in the sand and hope and pretend that it, that it goes away. Cause it generally doesn't. If, uh, if it's an issue now and you don't fix it, it's going to be an issue later. So man, that's, uh, you know, if, if folks are curious about that or, um, you know, you don't have a plan and you're wanting to talk to someone about it, um, yeah, we might be a good fit. Uh, we're not a, we're a good fit for a lot of folks. Some, some folks we're not a good fit for, and that's okay too. You know, I can tell folks, Hey, um, you know, doesn't make sense for what you're trying to do or, you know, or for what we do, it doesn't make sense for you. And I'll be honest with folks about that. I don't want to, I don't want to piss people off and, and, and give bad service and, and, uh, because it's not a good fit. But, um, anyway, I just kind of rambled on, which I kind of do a little bit sometimes. Uh, but if, if you, if you don't have a plan, you're looking for one, or you're not sure if you have a plan, uh, or, you know, if you have, uh, came into some funds that you weren't expecting, you know, a lot of folks retire at year end and, you know, and then don't know what to do with what they have. Uh, those are good opportunities to, to talk to an advisor and we'd love to be on your short list. Uh, you can call us at 601-957-0323 or email at info at my P I N N wealth.com. And one of our advisors, one of our team members will, you know, we'll reach out. We, uh, we work in teams here, so it's, you know, it's not a every man for himself, you know, here we, we, uh, we have, we work in teams to help clients with continuity as well. So anyway, uh, again, 601-957-0323. All right. So kind of touch on a number of things. I think today is an interesting day. It's one of those days that you, you're almost not reluctant to do a podcast, but you almost kind of hate that you can't control a little bit better when you do it, because there's uh, today's the day that the Supreme Court is supposed to issue multiple rulings on different cases, perhaps on the uh, mandate issue that, that they heard a week ago. I don't know whether that's going to happen or not. So it's one of those things where by the time this podcast goes up, it might even be outdated. If that happens, we apologize. But it's 1030 in the morning is central time as we tape this on Thursday the 13th for your perspective. Uh, boy, there's a lot of places I could go. Or I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to go super political right off the top um, because I tend to, once we go there, I, I, I can't get back. So I'll start with this. We talk a lot about inflation here on the show. We've been doing this. We started the show right around the time that the pandemic actually began. And, and, yeah, and, and we did. Great well, timing like, for us. Yeah, well, I was like, well, what do we talk about every week? That's not a problem. Uh, this is from the Wall Street Journal. We do this a lot for people who are just jumping in for the first time. This is Thomas Gritta, Wall Street Journal. He writes, in the hierarchy of business threats confronting corporate leaders in 2022, corporate 19 still rules, but inflation has quickly closed the gap. Concerns about rising prices skyrocketed in the past year, according to a survey of more than 900 global CEOs conducted by the conference board, a business research group. More than half of the CEOs expect price pressures to persist until at least mid-2023 after having registered as a low-level worry in the year 
ago survey. Inflation is here, Honeywell, Honeywell International Incorporated, Incorporated Chief Executive Officer Darius Adamzik, Adamzik said in an interview. We have to be very, very careful how it gets solved, too, because it's a little bit like driving your vehicle. If you slam on the brakes too hard, we could see the other side of inflation, which is a recession. Business leaders have been warning about inflation risk in the past year, even as Federal Reserve officials and most economists largely played down the breadth and persistence of rising prices. And they did that for political reasons. On Wednesday, the U.S. Labor Department reported that inflation finished 2021 at its highest level since 1982 with the Consumer Price Index up 7% in December versus a year ago, compared with 6.8% in November. Last paragraph, Martin, before I hand it to you. (laughs) How large the COVID-19-related disruptions loom for global executives varies by geography, the survey found. U.S. chief executives cited labor shortages as their chief external concern for the coming year, followed by inflation and supply chain problems. COVID-19 came in fourth. Well, that's good that COVID is number four. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I think when we first started talking about inflation, I was I was on I was in the camp with with the Fed um, because it just made sense that inflation would be you know, the term that they use is transitory or for, you know, the everyday person, let's just call it temporary, like not, not going to persist long-term. And, um, you know, as the supply chain issues continued on, so like, well, let me pause and stop. So like just basic, you know, economics, um, principles is, you know, that prices, uh, you know, fluctuate and ebb and flow with, with the amount of supply in the markets and then demand for the product, which kind of makes sense. Right. So, you know, hypothetically speaking, let's say that I have, you know, an apple and, um, and I mean the fruit apple, not the machine or tech stuff, apple. And, you know, and, and there's been a, you know, a severe freeze and there's not a ton of apples that are available, you know, in the markets. A lot of the apples were killed by, by the weather. And for whatever reason, there's a, let's just say that demand is just normal for, you know, in any year, there's not more demand for the apple, but because I have something that there's not a lot of, you know, I'm going to say, well, this apple is worth more now because there's not a lot of supply of apples because of a freeze. So I'm going to raise the price of this apple because it's scarce and people will pay it. And generally speaking, that is that is true. Um, you know, now let's say that next spring, um, you know, there's no freezes and the apple production is normal. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's plenty of apples to be sold. Um, you know, I'm not going to be able to fetch a higher price for my apple than normal. And so that's kind of what, what I envisioned was going to happen at the onset of this. So yes, we had some we had some inflation because there was issues of getting the supply of goods, you know, into the U S um, you know, COVID did disrupt that, those chains. Um, and then labor really was the big disruptor of it. So, you know, I kind of thought those things would work themselves out, 
you know, in a year. And they just haven't, man. Um, you know, we still have really more of the labor issue of getting the quote unquote apples into the, you know, into the market and into the U S you know, because there are container ships sitting in docks waiting to be unloaded. Uh, and there's, n- there's not the manpower to do that. And I know we talked on the last show or show before about, you know, um, truck drivers and getting, once the apples are on land, you know, in Los Angeles or, um, you know, Huntington beach or wherever, you know, how do they get to the, you know, to Jackson, Mississippi or to Oxford, Mississippi. Uh, and that's, that's kind of the big disruptor that's, that's really, uh, I think driven a lot of inflation is, is, is that there is the supply hasn't come back yet. But if you look at, look through the inflation numbers too, you know, a lot of the inflation number is, uh, is used car prices. Um, it's rents as well, which we've, we've talked about this whole, you know, scenario in a show or two ago where, you know, inflation numbers, inflation feels different for different people. Um, but it is, it is here, you know, and another piece of it that we, I don't know that we've really talked about, but, but it does persist is that there was so much money pumped into our systems, you know, when they were shooting paychecks out of cannons with, uh, you know, with the stimulus money and then the moratorium on evictions, you know, general, the general public had more money than they normally do. And that's evident in the M2 money supply charts that the fed, uh, the fed bank in St. Louis puts out. And when you have more money to do things, um, that's inherently inflationary because the demand for, you know, if, if I've got an extra hundred bucks that I didn't have yesterday and I get to spend it, I'm going to go spend it. You know, I might buy shoes. I might buy, you know, I don't know something that I don't necessarily need. So there, it creates some demand for products that we've already, we've already stated are short in supply. So it was kind of almost a, a perfect scenario to have inflation. Um, you know, I know energy prices like gasoline is up significantly. I mean, this time last year, uh, I think, I think I was, I think gas was like a a dollar 50 ish in Mississippi, you know, a gallon. Um, now it's, it's three bucks. So that's real, right? Sure. Uh, you know, but my mortgage, um, (laughs) and which is, this is the crazy part is, uh, you know, two years ago, my mortgage was like four and a half percent. Um, I refinanced before everything went, rates started rising again. Um, cause I knew like, Hey, I need to, the, the game is over and, uh, the rates are about to start going up. So I, I locked in and refinanced and, you know, my rate went down by 33%. So my mortgage, my mortgage payment didn't go down by 33%, unfortunately, but it did go down by like 15%, dude. And that's, that's real. So I had, I, I experienced a reduction of, of costs, you know, my mortgage, but if I was renting, you know, especially with the moratorium, um, expiring, you know, I probably had a different, a different experience if I'm a renter, you know, my rent was a thousand bucks and now my rent is, you know, $1,100 a month. Um, and that's, you know, it's, so it's different. It is different for different folks. Um, you know, and if you, if you live in, you know, let's just say Washington, DC and 
you own your home, you've owned your home, you take the metro or the subway or the buses everywhere, you know, it may be that the only impact you're feeling is in is in the grocery store. Um, I think it's... But, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I think one of the reasons that a lot of the media downplay this is because they live in places where their lifestyle hasn't been affected. Yeah, it, and so let... I mean, dude, all right, let's talk about, you know, if you're a... <clears throat> I don't know how much the talking heads on you know, TV make, I, I really don't. Let's just, let's just pretend that they national make. or local. Uh, let's Cause the local national. don't let's, make The local don't make anything. The national people are incredibly well paid. So you like more than 250,000 a year at a network. Yeah. 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 Okay. <clears throat> All right. So let's just say, let's just say they make two fifty for easy argument, right? Sure. So you take someone who makes 250,000 bucks and, Let's just say after, you know, taxes and everything that's that's said, you know, said and done, they have, you know, um, I don't know. Let's just say they have two thousand dollars a month, you know, that's kind of left over, right? That's their savings. Um, so if their grocery bill goes up from, you know, a hundred bucks a month, I mean, a hundred bucks a week to, you know, a hundred and ten dollars a week. So a 10% increase, they probably don't really feel that. Right. But, you know, a family, like when I first started working in this industry, um, I made really, really good money for the time. Um, but I made, you know, I made $50,000 a year and I didn't have money left over at the end of the month. And so if my grocery bill went up, you know, $40 a month, that was real. Like I was having to find that $40 from somewhere else or do what I had to do, you know, when I moved back to Mississippi and I was a, you know, freshly divorced single dad with two kids is dude, I had to go moonlight. I had to go pick up a second job and I, you know, and I waited tables, uh, you know, several nights a week to, to make ends meet for a couple of years until I could kind of get my feet underneath me. Um, so, you know, people who are families who are, you know, really the low middle class that don't qualify for any type of government assistance. Um, they're the ones that get smoked the hardest in this type of scenario where, you know, gasoline is now two times, you know, you're paying double what you paid a year ago, you know, at the grocery store, you're paying, you know, 10% or 15% more than you did, you know, a year ago. And if you're renting, you know, you're paying, I don't know. I'm just going to say 10%. I don't know what that number is, but yeah, it's, it's real to the lower middle class. It's uh, it kills the lower middle class. The folks who are on, you know, government assistance, I, I can't really speak to, does it hurt them or not? Cause I don't know enough about government assistance to know if they get, you know, an inflation increase like social security does. I don't know if that, if that's real for government assistance folks. And then for folks who are making the talking heads that are making, you know, $250,000 or more, you know, I don't know that they really feel it like, you know, like the single dad or the single mom that's making 50 grand and trying to make everything work on 50,000 bucks, you know? So it's, it's different for different folks. And I know I've beat that horse before, but it's worth talking about. No, it's, I think 
I think people, I think the media does try to scare. Um, well, the media absolutely tries to scare. Scare, scare brings ratings. And then you have, look, we're at a stage in this from a media standpoint where and it, it's all about COVID. Telling the truth about COVID requires that you basically admit that you knowingly lied for the better part of two years. And that's a hard thing for people to do. It's man, much, much – human nature is to double down on the lie yeah. and then triple down on the lie and then and then lie so much that you become convinced that you never lied in the first place. And that's where we are with media and COVID-19. And it's impacting things like it, – it is the reason we have inflation. It's the reason that there's a shortage of goods on the shelves. When you go to Walmart or Kroger or wherever you go, you see it, you see it there. Yeah, I've really seen it in orange juice. That's where I've seen it the most. And I didn't really realize it until, you know, I've I've been, because the orange juice at my grocery store is right by the milk and I'm constantly getting milk because my kids just, well, I shouldn't say my kids, my, my, my home, except for my wife, consumes milk like it's water. And um, I've noticed, I started noticing about uh, two months ago that if you want orange juice, it's, it's it's pretty tough to find because at least Kroger and Jackson does not have orange juice. So. Well, it, but we don't drink a ton of orange juice. So we've got we've got we've got a. That's why we're all watching kind of on bated breath about this mandate thing. If there's a if if the mandates are upheld, uh, universally, I think you're going to see a truck driver shortage. And if you see a truck driver shortage, you see a goods not getting to the shelves shortage, Correct. which leads to. Higher more prices. higher prices because there's more demand, and then yep. you hear people go, "Hey, well, maybe we can talk these people into lowering their prices." And that, that's you don't get how this works, do you? And right. that's where we we do have a fundamental crisis of almost education, Martin, because there's so many people who are making decisions who are bureaucrats, and they've never worked in the business world in their lives, right? I mean, and you do get to a point with prices and let's just use milk. And I know we joked that milk is Kroger's loss leader because it never changes in price. But let's just say, you know, you go to Kroger right now, you buy a gallon of milk for somewhere between $3 and 29 cents and $3 and 79 cents gallon. It's somewhere in there. I can't remember what it is, but you go to the grocery store the next day uh, or the next week and milk is now $7 a gallon. You start to make choices. You say, okay, um, you know, do I get this gallon of milk and water it down to stretch it? Or is now milk so expensive that, you know, that I just forego the milk and we just have, you know, water that's coming out of the tap. And until prices hit that point of where people start making substitute decisions for milk, it'll keep rising if we have a supply shortage. And then it will eventually come back down and supply will come back in and everything will settle out and people start buying milk again. But that's how, that's how the price adjustments happen is a price people, it'll start to get to the point to where people will make substitute decisions and they'll say, ah, I'm not getting milk this time. Or you go home and you know, when you're fixing your kid's cereal in the morning, you do a half thing of milk and then half thing of water and the kids complain and, but you know, but it is what it is, right? Absolutely. Um, it's, it's why I get furious at the people who downplay it. I really do. It bothers me. It really bothers me when people just downplay it. Like it's, oh, you know, whatever, just 
going to cost more. You can't get certain things. All, yeah, all, all because of, of uh, just the insanity of it all. Yeah, literally, the, literally, it, it really is a domino effect. Man. Literally, and today think, we have the president of the United States today, Martin, today calling for censorship. The president of the United States of America calling for censorship. You're, you're going to have to tell me a little more because I'm. He gave a uh, he gave a speech today in which he also uh, he also uh, urged uh, news outlets to 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 get misinformation under control. They're very worked up about Joe Joe Rogan. So my thing is is uh, it, all right. So I'm sorry, dude. I'm totally ignorant to. Are you aware who Joe Rogan is? What happened with Joe Rogan? Are you aware who he is? Yeah, yeah, I know. Who Joe, yeah, I know who Joe well, Rogan some, is. I mean, I some people, some people don't. Well, he's he's had he's had several medical doctors on who have, okay, who, who have uh, not played along with the mass media narrative. And again, part of what makes what made our society great was that we we, we there was a marketplace of ideas. There was a marketplace of ideas, and. You had the ability to hear different people express different thoughts on controversial topics and decide for yourself. You had the ability to decide for yourself. And they're taking that away now. They don't want that now. Now they want to silence anyone who happens to have a contrary opinion. And it's not healthy. And most importantly, it's not, it's not what we were founded on. Right, I think we tossed tea into a harbor about this. Absolutely, we did. So yeah, I wasn't aware of uh, of uh, what <clears throat> of what was going on on Joe Rogan. Yeah, they're, they're trying to, space. and they're not calling him out specifically, but Joe Rogan's getting numbers that. Are terrifying other people, and so they're saying, "Well, he's 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 passing out misinformation." Well, so like, what what do you know what he's saying? Yeah, I've listened. To, I've said. listened to all of them. It's it's three hour podcast. It's almost impossible to put them into capsulated form, but essentially that um, a lot of talk about myocarditis with young people, um, that the vaccines aren't preventing spread. And again, I'm vaccinated, right. well, and I and I think that we're uh, 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 seeing that with urging, almost everyone that I know that's had the new variant were yeah they're were vaccinated. They're urging uh, a, a certain degree of of uh, caution as it pertains to boosters, and really urging young people to be very careful about vaccines, giving numbers, and you know the numbers are the numbers will scare you. But the point is not whether Rogan's right or wrong. To me, the point is not about the accuracy of Joe Rogan's guess. To me, is the president of the United States calling for censorship? Yeah. Why? On one hand, you mandate a vaccine, and on the other hand, you're not going to let people talk about it? Whoa. Really bugs me. Look, I got a real hot take on COVID-19. COVID-19's over when we stop testing for it. 
Speaking of, Joe Biden uh, saying the U.S. will procure 500 million more COVID-19 tests. Going to send military medical teams to hospitals to meet demand around the country, doubling the number of tests the U.S. plans to send to the public free of charge. That means a billion tests in total to meet future demand, Biden said. He added that he plans next week to detail a plan to provide free masks to Americans. The president said last month the U.S. would procure an initial batch of 500 million tests to distribute free He's doubling that number amid what public health officials say is a growing need for more accessible testing as a result of the Omicron variant. They've begun completing contracts for the initial round of 500 million rapid tests, which will be mailed to people who request them through a website and phone hotline starting in the coming weeks. At least we're creating some jobs. Biden said the website would be rolled out next week. The White House hasn't said how many tests people can request. Yeah, my, my hope that we just stop testing and let it just go is is never going to come to fruition. We've so what we've got now is every time someone's got a cold, they run to the they run to the doctor to get tested. Mm-hmm. Everybody's yeah. everybody's just testing, 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 testing. Despite, I should shut up. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, Supermarkets cut hours services as Omicron infects workers. That's a headline today. Yeah, and I think let's. I mean, let's 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 kind of talk about that for all right for a minute too. Because you know, let's talk about. I mean, the economy, how that impacts. You know, how that impacts economy and 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 really productivity is really I think what we'll <clears throat> hammer in on. Um, you know, there and so the CDC guideline of the five day part, um, I think really helps businesses in, in that in that regard but it does seem and this is just observations this is not me backing up anything with facts or data this is observations um <clears throat> you know so i've tried to take bella's favorite little place to get food when i pick her up from um her show choir practice at like eight thirty at night um she's always starving and she's like hey can we go to moe's and get a we, you know, we dropped me by there. Let me, or run me by there. Let me grab a burrito. <clears throat> and that's kind of, you know, it's a time for us to, you know, kind of catch up on the day. You know, Jennifer and Gia don't, are not going to wait till nine o'clock to, to eat dinner. I get that. So I don't, I don't force that in my house, but I want to have that opportunity with Bella. And that we usually, you know, a lot of times we get that opportunity, but here recently in like the last two weeks, um, you know, the, they've been shut down it, you know, when we get there and they're not saying they're, that they're, you know, closed for good, but they just don't have the staff to, you know, to, to keep it open till, till eight thirty nine. And I realize like not a lot of people are getting dinner at, at nine o'clock. They probably keep it during peak hours, but you know, there's a lot of folks that, you know, um, they don't have normal hours and if they're uh you know if if places are shut down i've seen a lot of it with there's been a lot more complaining about it um you know in the forums and whatnot on facebook and next door and all that stuff but you know the services that people are kind of accustomed to are really getting you know really getting crunched by by this by this variant and the policy still in place of 
you know, hey, you come in the, you're unvaccinated, come into close contact, you got to quarantine for whatever, five days. Um, you know, and, but the thing that I kind of, kind of trips me out a little bit is if you're vaccinated and you come into close contact with someone that's, you know, positive, you don't have to quarantine. But everyone that I know that's had this, you know, this variant, you know, since December, a hundred percent of the people that I know that are, that are, you know, sick. And I'll say sick with kind of air quotes because they have mild symptoms or symptoms for a day and then they're good. They're all vaccinated. All of them. Um, and so I don't know. I don't know that, that, that this is that being vaccinated or wearing masks is going to, is going to solve the, the labor issue either. So, you know, they say, go get boosted, go get vaccinated. People are still getting the breakthrough stuff, but, but it's services at service hours are being chopped back because, you know, there's not someone's positive, so they can't come to work and, or someone's been exposed to someone. And so they can't come to work. And, you know, all of these life is being disrupted again. Now, not shut down like it was, uh, you know, in, March of, of 2020, but we are losing a lot of productivity, um, you know, to, to this quote unquote, you know, to this new variant, but the the new variant is busting through all of the protective barriers that were set up to keep, you know, keep us going as a society. Uh, you know, and I think a lot of people who like, like you said, you know, you get a little sniffle sneezing and you know, your boss is like, you know, are you sick? Well, you know, no, I've got a, you know, I've got a little congestion and go get tested. And lo and behold, people, and I guess they're spreaders, but I think that's what's going to have to happen too, is this thing's just got to go through. It's going to burn out. It's got to go through, through, through the population. And I don't know, hopefully maybe at that point we're back to normal where people have some antibodies and we can rock and roll. And if it continues to mutate and get less and less um, severe, then we just it's something we live with. A little breaking news, Martin. Uh, mortgage rates jumped to highest level since March of 2020. This is uh, all from the Wall Street Journal. This morning, 10.48 a.m., this story uh, was published by Orla McCaffrey. Um, mortgage rates have hit their highest levels since March 2020, the month the coronavirus pandemic took hold in the U.S. enrolled markets. The average rate for a 30-year fixed rate loan was 3.45% for the week ending Thursday. Mortgage finance giant Freddie Mac reported up from 3.22% a week ago. It's a pretty decent jump, 3.22 to 3.45. Expectations yep. that the Federal Reserve will raise interest rates multiple times this year are driving up interest rates, which are closely tied to the 10-year U.S. Treasury. Rates have now risen for three straight weeks. A year ago, the rate on America's most popular home loan was 2.79%, just above its record low of 2.65. Still, rates remain near historic lows. Higher, Higher borrowing cost combined with record high home prices could push some would-be buyers out of the market. The median price for existing homes rose 13.9% in November from a year earlier to $353,900, according to the National Association of Realtors. Given the fast pace of home price growth, higher rates will likely dampen demand in the near future, Sam Cater, 
chief economist at Freddie Mac said in a statement, last paragraph here, mortgage payments are already less affordable relative to income than at any time since 2008, according to the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta. In early 2021, Americans needed about 29% of their income to cover a mortgage payment on a medium-priced home. The Atlanta Fed estimated that rose to 33% by October. Um, I mean, dude. Hey, Martin, I'm going to hit the pause button real quick. Hold on. Yes, sir. Sorry about that. We had to hit a pause button. I had to take a phone call, family-related thing. Apologize, Martin, for interrupting you. Continue on. You're good. Yeah, no, I mean, and the thing with the mortgage rates being at historical lows and, and you know, and, and, uh, and your payments changing, and what has happened, if you've bought a new home, you know, in the last several years, you've, you've paid more in value for the home, but your financing costs were, were less versus, you know, a, a several years back, you would have paid, you know, let's just say a four and a half to 5%, you know, interest rate on your mortgage. Um, but you've paid less for your house. So I'm not saying that everything is like, you know, ceteris paribus, you know, equal, but, um, you know, if you own, if you already owned your home, right, let's say you bought in 2017, like I did, and this was pre, uh, COVID and all that stuff. And, you know, you still had a good mortgage rate. Um, but you know, COVID happens, mortgage rates drop to historical lows, you know, and then you refinance. Well, you didn't buy a new house. So you didn't feel the impact of, you know, the higher housing costs, but you did get to drop your, you know, your payment pretty significantly. I mean, if you were at even at four and a quarter or four and three quarters and you go down to three and three quarters, a whole point, you know, will, and that's a 25% reduction in, you know, the interest rate, but you know, it's not do- dollar for dollar. You don't get a 25% reduction on your payment, just the interest portion of the payment, but it probably drops your payment by, you know, 10, 15%, which is pretty significant when you have, if you have a, you know, let's say you have a $1,800 or let's go easy math, $2,000 a month, you know, mortgage payment. And, you know, you drop it by 300 bucks. That's, that's pretty significant, man. I mean, that's real money. That's $300 you get to do something different with. So, um, you know, I know not everything equals out, but uh, I do think that the rising rates will kind of check the, you know, the, the price of, of homes. And, uh, and if you haven't refinanced, and you still have a, you know, an old rate. I mean, you, you can go do that today, today. Well, as you said, it may be not too, it, it's not too late, but you missed, uh, you missed the lows, but it's still low. Yeah. When it anyway, was really I'm low, sure. we, when it was really low, we talked about doing it just for the hell of it because it was so low, but you know, you hated to do, I don't know. We just, we stuck with ours is low, but yeah, yeah, no, there was a, there was have, a window there. Balance out closing costs and all that stuff. Sure. Sure. Cause it know, takes it about, sense. takes several months before yep. that all balances out. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. We're going to stop there. I've, I've cool. got, I've got an issue I've got to go deal with. Uh, we still yes, got sir. almost 40 minutes in for you guys. We'll be back next week with another edition of uh, mind on my money presented by pinnacle. Don't forget. It's my pin wealth.com M Y P I N N wealth.com. Please remember that uh, my views, which sometimes come out in very frustrated fashion because I've, I'm, I'm really frustrated, uh, those should not be held against uh, Pinnacle. Although, 
<laughs> Although that. there are there are some times I think that Martin probably agrees with me, but there are times yeah. that he doesn't, so that's okay too. Um, but, yeah, and that but is all right too. Here's the deal: regardless of your uh, your views on anything, um, you want to make sure that a professional is handling your your retirement plans. There's few things more precious than that, and uh, the people at Pinnacle do incredible work. They sit down with you and they study your specific situation your specific goals, because as I say all the time, people have different retirement desires. Some people uh, want, this is not a judgment one way or the other, uh, because I think I'm kind of one of these people. Some people want a very simple retirement, and some people want to do a lot of extravagant things at retirement, and there are different price tags for those things. Obviously, neither one's right or wrong or good or bad or better than the other, but there are different price tags for uh, different retirement dreams and hopes and aspirations. And the people at Pinnacle will sit down with you and make sure that you are um, proceeding along with a plan that is going to best enable you to achieve those dreams. So that's why you should sit down with them, and they're uh, they're very, very good at it. So it's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. For Martin Palomo, I'm Neil McCready. We will talk to you again next week. Have a great weekend. Stay safe out there. Talk to you soon.